Hi, you're listening to Stepping Forward Podcast with Sarah Susov and Rachel Rawlinson. We discuss all things step parenting, including difficulties with stepchildren, former spouses or partners, court, custody, finances, and more. <laughs> uh, together, we have over 15 years of step parenting experience and over 21 years of combined experience working professionally with children. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was just thinking about when we get to a year of doing this, we're going to have to bump all, both of those up by two years. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> How funny. <laughs> so today we wanted to continue our conversation about boundaries. We wanted to delve a little more into boundaries with your significant other's ex and boundaries with your stepkids. Mm-hmm. Because those are super important to have. And they're important, like we talked about last time, to teach your kids when they learn what boundaries are and that people around them hold boundaries and expect them to comply with those boundaries, they learn that it's okay to set boundaries and it's a healthy thing to set boundaries. So we want to talk about that. And it's okay to have different boundaries in different homes. Amen. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> Just like we have different expectations at school than we do at the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that is completely okay. Yes. <laughs> We talked a little bit last time about the physical boundaries with an ex um, in terms of like, if you have a shared home, please change the locks to the door Mm -hmm. (laughs) and make sure that whatever, if you're in the process of um, getting the decree set up or changed, that you cover that to make sure that you're respecting each other's space. Because that's important that you have separate spaces um, where you maybe don't have to interact as much with each other in most divorces. I have one friend actually who did a shared house thing. So the Mm -hmm. kids stayed in the same house and then the parents would like each have an apartment or a house or something and then go to the house on the day it was their day to see the kids, which is really helpful for the kids um, and gives them a lot of stability in their home. It's their home no matter what and doesn't require as much from them. It's also really hard for adults to do. A lot of times when they're dealing with like um, sometimes personality disorders, sometimes mental health issues, sometimes people who can't get past the feelings of the divorce. It can be really tricky to share that. So you have to do what's best for you. That's your boundary, your relationship. <laughs> I actually babysat for a family in Massachusetts that did that. Uh-huh. Uh, and it it was very interesting. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they ended up doing it long term, but their kids were a little older. Okay. Uh, but it it did seem to work fairly well for the kids. Yeah. I think there are a lot of cool things about it, including not having to um, expect your kids to remember to bring things from house to house and uh-huh. worry about where their clothes and their medications and things like that are. There's a lot of convenient things, but there's also a level of trust that doesn't happen in many co-parenting relationships that makes that impossible. So yes, it's just what works for you. <laughs> I actually have an acquaintance in a group that I'm in who uh, still cohabitates with her ex mm-hmm. and they both care for the children in the house and they live there full time, but they have separate bedrooms. That's interesting. And I don't, I don't think I could ever do that. Mm-mm. And uh, because of that situation, she does end up posting in that group quite a bit uh-huh. uh, because she's honestly quite frustrated and I can see how for her it can be somewhat unhealthy. Yeah. Um, the kids, I think, are okay with it for now. But at some point you do, you need to consider the health of the mental health of the parents impacting the kids. Right. 
So. And if you're still there and you're not agreeing with that person that you're getting divorced from, it makes it really hard for you guys to get along, which in turn impacts the kids too. So absolutely. <laughs> physical ones can be huge. Oh yeah. So yeah. Yep. I'm yep. all about <laughs> physical boundaries. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Another area is communication. So some of us as step parents have a great communication line open with our kid's biological parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of us do not. I, I would fall in the do not category, uh-huh. I think. <laughs> I'm in the sometimes category. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there have been times when we've been able to have text conversations, but it's been very uh, brief. Uh (laughs) to the point and it doesn't feel very genuine to me right and I feel like that's a hard thing about communicating through a written medium because so much of what we communicate is our body language and our tone of voice Mm -hmm. and you can't read that in a text message or even an email so maybe they sound apologetic but it comes across as angry because of the words that they chose and that's all you have to interpret it by so you don't know but then again in some cases you want to have it in writing uh, as evidence if you should need it in the future, which is unfortunate to have to think that way. Mm -hmm. But some of us do because that is just the reality of the situation that we're in. Yep, absolutely. And I've seen in step parenting groups, a lot of women come in and they're like, it's easier for me to communicate with a biological mom because we don't have as much emotion between us. Mm -hmm. We get along better. We, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And sometimes it is easier and usually it's easier for a little while and then things change and it's like blows up from what I've seen. (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of times when it blows up is that first time that you have to enforce your boundaries. True. So that can be tough. Uh, I think in some situations when, when they realize that you are on the same page as your spouse and they're not going to get a different answer from you Uh than they would from your spouse, that can definitely be tough. Yeah. Sometimes it's almost parenting the ex in some ways because they're trying to get the answer that they want and that's really awkward. Yes. And that's something we've gotten after our kids for a lot is uh, you ask one parent and they say no, you go and ask the other one. Exactly. It does. It feels like having another kid. Yeah. That you have like a weird way, no ability to discipline or anything. Uh Um, And also that doesn't care what you think. Yeah, exactly. Also. Yes. So depending on the situation, it can be weird, but that's how some of them are. And then another area to discuss is um, what the ex is okay with you doing for the kids. And do you even care about that? You know, Mm -hmm. like there are some biological parents that are very strict or very, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Inflexible. Yeah. About what they want other people doing for their kids. And sometimes it's just not realistic. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mentioned I babysat for a family in Massachusetts and I've also nannied for several families. And I have been blown away as a step parent, how much criticism I get for the littlest things as a step parent. And I feel like I had more rights and more input than with my nanny kids than I do Uh as a step parent, which is sad. Yeah. I think some people take the, take that and say, you know what, this is my house. And, um, 
she doesn't get to decide what happens in my house. And that's an unfortunate side effect for her of this divorce or separation. Um, but that's just kind of how things are. And other people try to be a little bit more accommodating. There's nothing really wrong with either approach. It just depends on how you want to handle it and what works best for you. Again, because it's your house, your you get to live with the actions of your choices. So mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you can. And you do need to have those healthy boundaries that are going to help you maintain your mental health. Mm -hmm. Because if you are not mentally healthy, you're not going to be in a healthy relationship with your spouse or with your stepchildren. Right. So I know when we um, lived in an apartment or a house that had a pool, um, I can't remember which one it was. My husband's ex-wife would say to the girls that they couldn't go swimming on Sundays. Oh, gosh. And we had them on Sunday evenings. And so we would talk to the girls and just say, you know, your mom doesn't set rules at our house. When you're at our house, um, you can do what you feel like is a good thing to do or the best thing for you to do. And we're not going to pressure you to, you know, keep Sunday as a holy day or not. Um, it's up to you. And they were old enough at that point that they could make that decision. They wouldn't necessarily tell that to a six-year-old. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I think making sure that um, you know at your house that you and your spouse are on the same page and that you have the same approach with the kids and that your boundaries are healthy and strong and clearly defined for the kids, that's super helpful. Right. And ideally, you would be able to have the same boundaries for the kids between homes, but that's not always realistic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in fact, in many situations, it's not realistic because there are so many emotions yes. that are still complicating things. And many of us are in a situation where the other parent does what's called counterparenting, uh -huh. where no matter what we say or what reason we give, that parent is going to say the opposite and find a reason to support that. Sometimes we call that oppositional defiant disorder. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> so they say, the doctor says, you know, make sure that they take their medication every day. And the other parent's like, well, I don't think they need to. Or um, it's not important to me to remember that. So I'm not going to care about that. And there are a lot of counter-parenting situations. It's unfortunate because it's it's not what's best for the child. No. So in that situation, a lot of times uh, we end up doing what's called parallel parenting, yes. where you just do the best you can and provide the information that's reasonable to mm -hmm. provide to the other parent. Um, and the, the less you try to coordinate with them, the more likely they are to do what's reasonable or what professionals ask of them. Yeah. And I think that's super interesting too, because... Once you take out that fight and kind of need to show who's right and who's wrong and who's the better parent, both parents usually want to make the best decision for their kids. Absolutely. And I, I, I do believe at my core that most parents do love their children. Yes. Not all. Yes. Not all. <laughs> I wish it were all. I really do. Yeah. But I do believe that most people are doing the best that they can. Mm-hmm. In terms of boundaries that you might want to have with your stepchildren, um, you want to figure out who is going to be responsible for discipline in the home. My recommendation is that you have the biological parent do that, especially as you're new in your relationship 
And as you're building your relationship with your stepkids, it's going to come better from them because they're already established and they already know that you care about them. So in my situation, just really quick, my oldest stepdaughter is 18 now and um, I've known her since she was four, but there are still times that I can tell that she is taking something differently from me than she would from her dad because he's her biological parent. And that's fine. That's normal. But I let him be in charge of the discipline for that reason. And that's really why is I have read some research that said for at least the first three to four years, it's highly recommended that the biological parent be Mm -hmm. in charge of discipline. And that is a struggle for me, Uh (laughs) especially having been a nanny and been in childcare and teaching and everything for my whole life. It's kind of natural for me to just jump in and do that. And it's been really hard for me to step back and make like enforce that boundary with myself right? to the point where I, you know, my husband has to enforce it a lot of the time and say, you know, take a step back. And in the moment (laughs) I'm like, ah, but when we're not in the moment, I'm like, yeah, keep, keep doing that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's tough. It is tough to do that. Um, And in some situations, I know that there are step parents who are home with the children all day and they need to be able to discipline those kids. In that situation, what I would recommend, and this is my personal recommendation, is having the biological parent set up a discipline system with those kids. Yes. And have the kids involved in setting it up, Uh have them help choose what the consequences are for certain actions. So then when you go to discipline that child, you're using a framework that was put in place by their biological parent that they had a say in. Mm -hmm. It gives you more authority. It gives you a place to work from that is safer for you and safer for the kid because they know what to expect and you know what to do. That's absolutely in line line with behavioral research and psychological research, that people are more invested in things they do themselves and in a step-parenting family or co-parenting family the parent who's the biological parent should be the one initiating a lot of these conversations. Mm -hmm. My husband, who I love dearly, by the way, um, has ADHD. And so sometimes he struggles a little bit with this. So I feed him little bits of information Uh like, um, you might want to check on these, the grades for this stepdaughter, or you might want to make sure that this is being taken care of. And, but then it still comes from him. And so that relationship for us is still intact. And I think their relationship with him is stronger because they know he loves them but also holds them accountable to things. Absolutely. And I love that. Yeah. I love I'm that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we all have something we struggle with. So it's important to support your spouse in those things. Yeah. It's, it's so important. Yeah. And when you really know each other, you can do that. You can mm-hmm. work together as a team to do what's best for those kids. Right. I have a super supportive spouse. I want to mention that too in this because ADHD, he's very fun and very supportive yeah. <laughs> and awesome. So there's not just cons to it. <laughs> yes, yes. And also my spouse is very supportive as uh-huh. well. And I I we like to joke, this is kind of horrible, but we always like to joke that if it weren't for a bio mom, we would have the perfect marriage. <laughs> um, and we know it's not totally true, but like yeah. things are good between us. We really love each other. That's we awesome. really jive. Yes. Um, and that's important. You really have to have a good relationship to be working from because 
a lot of times your love for your spouse is your motivation for yes. what you do. And it gets you through the tough times. Yep. Because there are times that even though you love your stepkids, you might not like them very much. Yeah, it's true. We get a little bit distracted sometimes. I feel like this is all good information. <laughs> it is. And it's related. It's yes. just a little bit tangential. Yeah. So we have a few more to cover. <laughs> yes. So looking at some physical boundaries with your stepkids, things like your bedroom and making sure they knock on the door uh, before entering, things like that can be pretty important. Mm -hmm. We talked last time about physical space and having um, people invade that can feel really startling, surprising, can feel a little bit unsafe. And so sometimes for um, in your co-parenting family that you have, you need to have space in your bedroom or another room that the kids can't just walk in anytime they want so you can have your own personal time. Yeah. Like I talked about last time when, when you're single, you can put something down and you come back and it's in the same spot. Once you have kids, that's not the case anymore <laughs> and you never know where anything is. So it's good to have a space where that is less likely to happen. Uh-huh. I agree completely. <laughs> I'm not going to say impossible because it does still happen, but yeah. Kids are good with that kind of stuff. <laughs> Another boundary to have with kids is uh, not asking them to keep secrets about what's happening at the other house. So, for example, you wouldn't want to ask them to keep financial secrets or mm -hmm. um, secrets about the way, you know, something's being disciplined if they feel like uh, it's unfair. I always tell people the hardest call that I had to make to Child Protective Services was the one that I had to make on my stepdaughter's stepdad and biological mom when my girls told me that um, he was hurting their younger brother. And that kind of stuff, if you don't share that information, I don't want to say it can lead to child abuse situations, but it can help cover it up if it's happening. And mm. so you want to make sure you know that boundary with your kids is that they can tell you things and they can tell their other parent things and it's not a secret from them. Right. If, if there's something that you don't want the other household to know, don't tell the kids. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Because for one, they're kids, so uh -huh. they're likely to tell. But also, you're by asking them to keep a secret, you're asking them in a way to betray mm -hmm. their other parent. Yep. And that is hurtful to and them. And to choose who their loyalty is, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's really hard. Um, oh, goodness. So much to cover on this, but <laughs> it's all good stuff. So jumping back to the physical space, uh making sure that you have space for your affection with your spouse, your physical affection mm -hmm. with your spouse, um, including being able to cuddle. Yep. Sit uh, next to them on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> without everyone climbing in between you guys, you know, there's a spot on either side of you guys. They don't need to be in the middle. All the uh -huh. time. But again, <laughs> let your, let your spouse enforce that. Right. Um, there's also a little something called mini wife syndrome. Mm -hmm. That sometimes happens with stepdaughters and your significant other. I, I haven't really heard of it happening with stepsons as much, really. Mm -hmm. uh, but it does tend to be where this, uh, it's usually the oldest daughter has ended up being somewhat of a caretaker mm -hmm. uh, in the household and sometimes will act like your spouse's 
miniature wife. Uh huh. <laughs> Which is not great because you don't want them to confuse that boundary of what they need to do and what they're responsible for as a child. Um, it's also sometimes with the mini wife syndrome, you were just talking about sitting next to each other on the couch. Maybe um, the stepdaughter, the daughter comes in and sits between the two of you. Um, tries or to take care of dad or on his lap. Yeah. yeah, there can be some really awkward situations that happen. Which with is like this. when they're really little, that's normal. But yeah. once they're like 12, 13, older, mm-hmm. that's, you know, it's starting to cross some boundaries that yeah. should be being put in place. Yeah. And that is cultural somewhat. There are some cultures that are more affectionate, but just kind of in general, your relationship with your spouse should be the only one that's like that. Yes. Also, one thing that when we were chatting came up is uh, I've mentioned before that I have a two-year-old son with my partner. And uh, when I was pregnant with him, um, my stepdaughters came home and were saying, you know, oh, well, we saw someone breastfeeding in the mall and our mom said she really needed to cover up or, you know, bringing up these different things. And I was planning to breastfeed my son, which I did. And I actually still do. He's two and and we're still breastfeeding. It's been quite the journey. (laughs) But um, I, (laughs) it was a little bit of a scary moment because I had to say, you know, I'm going to be breastfeeding your brother and babies are not always cooperative with you (laughs) wanting to cover up. Mm -hmm. And when I'm in my own home, I don't want to have to cover up. Right. So, you know, I had to tell my stepkids, this may be an uncomfortable boundary for you guys, but you're probably going to see my boobs. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, mom and dad. I hope you covered your ears for that. (laughs) That's awesome. And I think people have different privacy levels. So it's going to be different for different people. Maybe other people are like, no, I'm not going to breastfeed in front of my stepkids. And that's fine. There's no judgment. It's just figuring out what you want and what your boundary is there. And pre-teaching that to the kids. Yes. <laughs> which, and both of my stepkids are girls. And I said, you know, you're women too. If you choose to be a mom in the future, you're going to be doing this. Right. So you might as well know what's happening. Okay to learn. Yeah. <laughs> Breastfeeding is not easy, especially at first. Yeah. So, and then segueing into another Similar-ish, potentially awkward. <laughs> Figuring out who has the talk with kids, um, and that should be something that I feel like is discussed between the biological parents and decided upon. Um, if they feel like, you know, maybe you're a nurse or something, and you want to have that talk with the kids because you feel like you can explain it well, or you have a really good book that you want to share with them or something, um, you are definitely allowed to be involved in that, I feel like. But it's important to set that boundary. Just figure out who's going to do it. Um, I waited for my stepdaughter's mom to have the talk with them because I was like, I just don't, like, I want to talk to them about it, but I don't feel like it's my place. And Mm -hmm. I kind of want to make sure that they get a healthy message about it too. Because I know sometimes in our culture in America, we don't have a really great message about sexuality and love and relationships. And so um, I've tried to 
add-ish things over the years. Mm-hmm. At the same time, understanding that it's awkward when parents talk to you about this. Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> don't share too much information with them because it can be really uncomfortable for kids. <laughs> well, and it can be. We're pretty open with my stepkids. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I've joked before that I'm like, sure, I'll talk to them about sex because I want them to think about their parents every time they oh, think no. about sex so <laughs> that they are not doing it until they are actually ready. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe that's like a little bizarro of me, but. <laughs> so, yeah, again, decide what your boundaries are. <laughs> um, I also waited for my my stepkids mom to talk to them and they had asked her to talk to them and it just wasn't happening. And so I've kind of had to step into that role and my husband has done a good job too. And he really initiated the conversation, Mm -hmm. but uh, my stepdaughters have, have been very comfortable coming to me with those questions. And I am grateful for that. I'm grateful that I was able to control my face the first time they came to me with those questions so that they would keep coming back because uh-huh. my face is not always a thing I'm good at controlling. I know that feeling super well. <laughs> there are a lot of physical things you think about in terms of maturity, especially with girls. Like mm-hmm. who's going to take them to buy their bras and underwear? Who's going to take them to buy feminine hygiene supplies? Who's going to talk to them about them having their periods? Mm-hmm. There's so many things to think about in terms of that. Definitely. Um, And another thing, and probably the last thing on our list for this episode, is not to expect too much from the kids. Mm -hmm. Remember that your adults, you and your spouse and the co-parent are the adults. You take care of the adult things. Mm -hmm. I know that can be hard. A lot of kids in this situation have anxiety and worry about things a lot and ask a lot of questions One strategy we have in our home is to say, you know what, that's a mommy daddy worry. So let us worry about that. Mm -hmm. And you can go watch a movie or play with Legos or, you know, you give them something else to do. Right. I think that's a good strategy to use because you're giving them a different behavior. Um, I see a lot of times in my setting where I work with lots of parents and also lots of teachers that sometimes kids are held to higher expectations than adults are which one is developmentally unfair yes, and two, not likely to happen because we have to model appropriate behavior for our kids, for them to learn things and for our students, if we're teachers or, you know, whatever in education. So we have to make sure that our expectations are developmentally appropriate for kids and that when we set boundaries with them, we are careful about those boundaries and how much we expect them to be able to do at their age. Absolutely. And that can be so tough. And if they have any sort of limiting behaviors or anything, you can't even really expect up to their age level. Sometimes you have to lower those expectations. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anything like ADHD, ODD, anxiety. Mm -hmm. There are times you need to roll things back and simplify your language and kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. Definitely. Okay, so that has been part two of Boundaries. As always, if you have any questions, you can email us at steppingforwardpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send us questions or comments, or you can send us voice memos there. And know that if you share anything there, it might end up on the show. So if you don't want that, please tell us in your message. We share things anonymously, but we may share it. 
Absolutely. You can also find our social media on Facebook under Stepping Forward Podcast. We have a page there as well as a support group that we're building right now. And you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Step Forward Show is the handle there. So we are looking forward to hearing from you guys. We love step parents and remember we are here for you. Only one-